Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Millennium Live. My name is Connor Tui. I'm very excited to do this episode today. We've got a great company with us. We have Nuance. And to talk about Nuance, we have Connie Phelps. She's the area VP of Payer PBM Specialists at Nuance, which is a Microsoft company. Connie, welcome to the Millennium Live podcast. Hey, good morning, Connor. I'm super happy to be here. Of course. And uh, let's jump right into the conversation. I think it's going to be a great one today. And we're going to be talking about the 2023 trends in member engagement. And, you know, I want to talk first about the, the member experience. And, you know, since CMS has placed greater emphasis on the overall experience, you know, lots of plans have seen a drop in star ratings, you know, due to their member experience, which will also impact their revenue and their bottom line at the end of the day. So, you know, we're all trying harder to engage members, but there are still gaps, hurdles uh, to success. So let's talk about that. Let's let's see, where where are you at right now? What are you seeing in the industry? How are we doing and, and what's the current state? Uh, good, good question. I feel like, you know, for, for maybe the past 10 plus years of my career, we've been talking about member engagement so much so that people are probably immune to it. You probably hear it and you <laughs> think it's overhyped and, and under, under delivering. But I think really the, the issue is that with member engagement, all the payers are kind of marching in that direction. They all know uh, that that's, you know, that's of, of utmost importance, especially as the stars ratings criteria changes over the next next year. But uh, I think, you know, a couple of things uh, that I see are happening at happening now. One, I think people see it as this massive chunk they have to 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 bite into uh, to execute and you know try to boil boil the ocean all at once. And it's really not. There are there are little things that you can do to kind of pave the way and make people feel more seen, uh, make people feel like you know them as members. Um, but the the second thing is I think as people you know hear about omnichannel engagement, I think you know they're trying to get there, right? There, There is a path to getting to omnichannel engagement. And I think there's just um, uh, maybe a lack of understanding of what that really means, right? What that really means to the consumer. But we're, we're getting there. It's certainly all the focus is there. Um, but uh, I, I'd say, you know, on, on one last thought is one thing that's very difficult for people to execute is like the scale, right? You can have uh, individual member engagement solutions, individual member engagement strategies, but, you know, many of the health plans that we work with are large complex organizations with different decision-making processes and governance processes. And I think it's really important to look at it as one single database, one single strategy to, to engage these members. So I, I know that's hard to achieve. Mm, yeah, of course. And, you know, so we know, you know, the payers already have call centers, they have SMS tech solutions, they have apps. And, you know, generally, in, in the grand scheme of things, good, robust websites uh, to engage their members and really support their needs. So, you know, we know modern consumers want to engage in the channel of their choice. So what are plans missing and, and, and how do you go that extra step in order to get that engagement that you're looking for? Yeah, I have to say, you know, with most of the companies that we deal with, the number of resources and tools on payer websites is astounding. Mm -hmm. If you, if you um, 
are looking for something, most likely you can find it, right? You can find a symptom checker, you can find a health risk assessment, you can find access to the payers that are in your network. You can you can find all this information. That I think the challenge with engaging these consumers and really better serving them is surfacing these things at exactly the right time when it matters to that member. So, you know, before the member is looking for a virtual visit, for example, you might suggest one to uh, the member if they're looking for symptom checkers or looking for a certain provider, you might ask them, you know, hey, do you, are you having any symptoms now? Is Would you like to do a virtual visit with one of our providers, for example, right? So instead of making people dig for information that does exist on your website or might exist on your app, which, you know, I'm not sure what the penetration is on the apps uh, for the members is, but I think it's really important to know that member when they contact you, whether it's through a virtual assistant or a digital channel of some sort or whether they call in to talk to you it's really important to know who it is know as much data as you can about that member and surface exactly the right um, resources for them at the exact time because that that's when they're going to dig in right that's going to be when they're going to be most receptive and most open to that and I, I know I know a lot about this by working with my mom on uh, Medicare plans that she's trying to sign up for and tools that you know, tools that she's trying to evaluate. And, and sometimes I'm astounded at what she's not aware of, uh, you know, that, that's out there and ready for her to access. Yeah. Well, that's, that's probably the biggest issue. Uh, what that, you know, members don't even know what's, what's possible and, and what they, um, what, you know, the, what they have available to them. So that, that kind of sort of leads me to my next question, Connie, you know, pursuing an omni-channel strategy can be overwhelming. And uh, it's, you know, it's a big multifaceted effort in most cases. So, you know, what are examples, you know, and first steps that payers can take to improve their member experience and, you know, get those and boost those star ratings? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I think, I think the first realization of, you know, what, what is omnichannel really, right? What does it really yeah. mean? It's not, a, it's not enabling multiple channels for your member. It's not making sure that there's a, a, an SMS solution and a, you know, a, a, a call center. And it, it's, it's not making sure that all those channels exist. It's making sure those, all those channels are connected and leveraging all the data and all the information that we know about the member. And uh, it just, I just wanted to, to clarify that first of all. So I'm the channel means everything is connected, right? If I call in uh, in to talk to my plan, um, they should know that I was just also chatting with someone on their website. They should know that, right, about me so that they're, tr they're, they're tracking and, and really um, personalizing my experience. But I think the, I think the, other, uh, the other thing to keep in mind is, um, you know, it, it's, it's tough to take these steps, right? And it's tough to take these steps as a healthcare company. And what we see very often is, is uh, you know, healthcare companies partnering with partners who don't really have a good sense of what consumer engagement looks like outside of healthcare. Right. And I think, um, you know, everyone wants to strive to be uh, to, to have this great consumer engagement, like all the best companies do. Like, you know, if you track a package with FedEx or if you call into your airline or if you call your bank or check on your 401k with Fidelity, that experience of them knowing who you are, no matter what channel you're in, we want to carry over to healthcare, And that that will set uh, set you apart. And I think it's important for folks to uh, to understand that, you know, some companies like Nuance and Microsoft have been working with these direct to consumer companies for a long time. We know how to bring the best uh, of what we can uh, do for these consumers over. And um, a lot of it, honestly, is just starting with small steps. 
Like even just offering a virtual assistant, that's a really smart thing to do, right? Allow some kind of self-serve option for these members who are used to doing this in every other aspect of their life. Really simple thing goes a really long way. I totally agree with that. That's a great point, Connie. Uh, and, and you bring this up because, you know, studies have shown that members want their experience with their health plan to be similar or the same as, you know, how they do banking and or go to the pharmacy and check in with that. So how do you see this all working with the Medicare population? Yeah, I could give you a really good example. I, this is one that I love. It's it's um, outside of the healthcare industry, but I think it could carry over in, in a really elegant fashion. One example is uh, you know, during COVID, one of our clients, Telefonica Bank, which is a telecom, a global, uh, I'm sorry, not bank, Telefonica, which is a global uh, telecommunications company, they enabled our voice biometrics technology to identify people over 65 who were calling into the telecom company. They would identify them and actually escalate um, those senior citizens for care sooner to a live agent, right? So it's a really good way to, to use voice biometrics, which if you're not familiar with it, is it is you know, one of our most rapidly growing verticals, just being able to recognize um, who someone is when they call just by their voice. There are so many factors that we can use to authenticate someone with their voice. Banks use it. Telecom companies use it. A lot of companies use it. Use it. I think that Telefonica case study, which you can find on our website, is a great example of how we can listen for for folks that we can better serve by escalating them to a live agent or getting them to a different uh, different area or offering them specific um, self serve options. I think that kind of case study could go a long way with with Medicare beneficiaries. You know, members expect all their interactions. Uh, it's especially with their health plan to be personalized and meaningful and and they want and they want that experience so there's a lot of data out there everybody knows there's a lot of data out there and and we know that you know much of the member data can be very disjointed so how do plans ultimately solve this issue I think um, I think the probably the most important thing is you know one um, to focus on a cloud solution. So a cloud solution is going to allow you to scale really quickly, right? Two, if you focus on a cloud solution that is um, already established in healthcare, then you know that it's going to support things like like the HL7 Fire Standard, right? So you can get data you may not have thought about getting before. For example, it, some of our payers are starting to take in ADT data. Uh, using that fire connectivity and that ADT data is informing them if the member was hospitalized uh, recently and what they were hospitalized for, you know, when this happened. So guess what? The payer knows that information. It goes into the cloud through a, a pretty easy um, interoperability. Uh, I don't want to say easy, but but I would say well-established interoperability. <laughs> and um, they know that member and they, and they can take action and they can intervene and they can offer options uh, to keep those members out of the hospital from, you know, from going back into the hospital. But I would say, um, you know, the second thing that's really important is making sure that your call center is connected to a digital channel. Senior citizens today are very used to that engagement. So I think it's a very important aspect that we shouldn't overlook. Yeah. And, you know, member engagement overall, as we talk about all of this is, you know, it's always been key to the outcomes and, 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 but now has an opt out on an outsized impact, especially with the stars rankings. So what best practices can plans leverage to really make an impact this year? And, you know, for next year, 2023, 
And what have we learned, as you mentioned briefly before, uh, what have we learned from the leaders in consumer engagement outside of healthcare? I would say a, a big focus, and you know, I, I I certainly hear folks who are very aware of this because you know companies like McKinsey and Accenture publish a lot of information on this. A big focus should be about the onboarding experience. So once you mm-hmm. are able to recruit a member through the, your enrollment options, once you get that member enrolled, really focusing on that initial experience. So make sure it's a white glove experience. Make sure that they know all of your your resources. But that that those early days, I think, are super important. And, you know, if you have uh, something to streamline their engagement and um, by making their authentication easier, like, for example, the voice biometrics example that I gave earlier, um, th- that's a big one, right? Because, you know, every time a member calls, they shouldn't have to give you all this information and remember a password and, and you know, uh, sh- shouldn't make it difficult, especially for the, the Medicare members. But I think authenticating uh, easily and making that super frictionless is, is also very important. But I would say the last thing is don't forget about how impactful the care management uh, experience can be for members. There are lots of things you can do to engage and recruit members using a an intelligent engagement solution, knowing them, servicing uh, the opportunity, and making sure that you engage and recruit them. I think all health plans want to recruit more folks into their care management program and make sure they stay healthy. And it's a tough thing to do, right? I don't, yeah. I don't answer phone numbers I don't recognize when they, they call in to me. So we have to look at other opportunities to connect with that member and recruit them and make sure that experience is exceptional. All of those things, I think, can add up to, a, to an exceptional um, experience for the, the member. Yeah, that's a great point, Connie. It really is. And uh, so something uh, that you know gets brought up on, especially on this podcast a lot, is this current trend that we're seeing, you know, and the current trend is to move the contact centers and the member engagement solutions to the cloud. And that's uh, that goes without saying that that's um, that's something that is pretty beneficial, and that a lot of plans are doing that. So, can you talk a little bit about the urgency, maybe, and or specifically the benefits around moving to the cloud? Yeah, I would say, you know, the, the, the really easy one is being to scale, as I mentioned earlier. Once you once you get to the cloud, you can take advantage of so many things that, you know, listen, we've got a lot of repeatable interfaces and operations uh, that, that we can just reuse, um, you know, across cloud clients. So it's a, it's a really easy, fast way to scale. And if you're working, you know, with a company like Microsoft, obviously we, we take security very seriously. Um, so we have a cloud infrastructure that's built specifically for healthcare. So not only does it honor the, you know, the, the stringent um, privacy um, and security expectations that are put on us in healthcare, but it also allows you to have this, um, this cloud infrastructure that is easy to plug into. So what does that mean? That means we can take all the data that I mentioned earlier and 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 aggregate that data in a way where we can see that whole member. Um, where you know where were they hospitalized? What prescriptions are they taking? How we can how can we use that data to present a more personalized experience for the member just in time? So I think I think that's really important. You know the data aggregation piece uh, cannot be overstated. And I think I think we know that. Um, it's just a matter of kind of getting there and making it happen. And certainly cloud is the path to that. Um, and cloud is the path to being able to scale that. So this has been, first of all, an awesome conversation. I've been learning a lot about engagement and just have a couple more questions for you, Connie. So 
let's talk about you know the changing behaviors comes with keeping members engaged beyond that initial conversation like we talked about so what methods do you use uh, to keep your members engaged and and overall how do you see the role of digital what what is the role of digital play here in keeping people engaged in their health which is so important to everyone <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I think, you know, as I mentioned earlier, I'm, I'm, I'm very bullish on the digital and the voice biometrics technologies that we've been seeing for better engaging um, senior citizens. I mean, remember that today's 65 year olds were part of the first wave of iPhone usage, right? Like a few years ago. <laughs> so I think it's a different set of a uh, different set of folks and they're they're very open um, to uh, to engaging with digital channels. But what you have to I I think what you have to really focus on is making sure that these members can cross channels too. So for example, if they call into your call center and they're looking to, for example, see if, um, you know, if they need to do anything to re-enroll with their health plan, wouldn't it be great to either be able to recognize that using AI and automatically answer their question or to say, hey, you know, we're going to push you a website to evaluate health plans to see if there's anything that you want to change. So we have to be either be able to to recognize um, who they are and what the answer is for uh, to their question by using the data we have on that that consumer, or we have to be able to um, convert them to a different channel or even a live agent if if it uh, if it warrants that and take care of their need the first the first time that they call in. So you know, part of it is using those technologies. Um, part of it is using voice biometrics, which I mentioned a little bit earlier. I think, you know, one other um, case study that might be interesting that you can find on the Nuance website is um, some things that we've done with Humana, for example. Um, so with Humana, we we actually worked with them to take the intents that their IVR recognizes from 50 to over 1,000. So that wow. means when, you know, when, when senior citizens call in, um, they can just talk into the IVR, not press one for this or two for that. And we'll understand what they're asking and we'll route them to the right resources. And the, you know they have continually earned really high star ratings at, at Humana. So I think that's one factor, hmm. right? Just being able to self-serve and intelligently understand who's calling you. I think that's so awesome. <laughs> you know, I know Nuance has played a, a you know foundational role in the emergence of this conversational AI. So one, I think I think it's a great way to end this conversation with, you know, I know we're talking about 2023 trends and engagement, but where do you see this really going? I know this, you know, from from the 90s to the mid 2000s and beyond into the into the 2020s. And what does 2030 look like? What what can you uh, what will you be able to say on your iPhone <laughs> that will allow you to check your your health and everything in between? Where do you see this going, Connie? Yeah, I mean, listen, can you imagine um, either logging into your into your iPhone app or calling into your health plan and within the first few seconds it recognizes, yes, this is Connie and I validated that it's me using my voice biometrics. Also, it recognizes the fact that I was just admitted to the hospital and, you know, am I having any symptoms? Would I like to take a, you know, a, a health risk assessment? Would I like to, to talk to a physician, you know, using a, a telehealth appointment? If I can just have that seamless experience 
experience without dealing with two-factor authentication and trying to check my, you know, you know, the password that you're pushing for me on text <laughs> on one device and, and log into it. If I can just have you know me when you call and have you know um, what I'm going through, that's half the battle. It's just feeling known. I, I think for, for these consumers. So we're there, we're there with other, other industries. We work with a ton of financial institutions and telecom institutions and retail uh, companies. Um, we, we know how to do this. And I think we know, we know how it's gonna look in the next few years, but I, I believe that that's gonna be the experience in the coming years. We're gonna use exactly what they're using. Well, this is awesome. And I'm excited, so excited uh, to hear all about it and this is a this has been a great conversation, Connie Phelps. Thank you so much for joining Millennium Live and talking all about the trends that we're going to be seeing in member engagement, especially particularly in the payer space. So I thank you for joining the podcast and see you soon. Pleasure. Thank you so much.